Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Hi. We are glad to be back with you. Hope you're all doing well after the frozen tundra of Texas. Um, and it is now 78 degrees outside. So yeah, we are um, in the season of Lent. Um, we're excited that you're here. So this is the second Sunday of Lent. You can find the readings at usccb.org. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right in uh, with the first reading from Genesis. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. And they came to the place which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went and took the ram and offered it up as holocaust in place of his son. Again the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars in the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. Our response to the psalm comes from Psalm 116. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. To you will I offer sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And our second reading comes from Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us, who will condemn. Christ Jesus, it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Our gospel is from Mark chapter 9. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say, they were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, 
This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. I'm going to invite you now to take some time to read over these readings and discuss them uh, with your prayer group, your family, or whoever it is that you may be doing this Bible study with, along with us. Uh, we've already taken the chance to do that, and so we're going to go ahead and share some of those things with you guys now. So I know I have a lot to unpack with different things in this reading, but I think the, the thing that stands out to me more than anything else is that uh, in the first reading with Abraham and Isaac as a father, I don't know that I would ever have the courage or faith to do this. And, and like, that's a hard thing to say. It's, 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 I've spent more than half of my life now working for the church. And be, I believe in, in everything that the church teaches. I, I follow its teachings. I understand what truth is. I am on board with all of these things. But this one is like, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know if I would have the obedience that Abraham has to say I'm willingly going to take my child and kill him. Um, and I think one of the things that gets lost in this is that we, we have a very good understanding of how old Isaac was when this happened. We know because we know when Sarah had Isaac and we know that Sarah dies while Isaac and Abraham are on this journey. Uh, so we know that it, this, he's in his mid to late 30s when all of this happens, right? Like you can, there are some diligence to say 32 that are some that go as old as 37. Um, so we know for a fact what his age was during this time when this journey was, right? And, and I know we, we skip different verses as we have these readings. And we also skip like the timeline. It wasn't like a weekend getaway. We know that this was a journey that took a while to get to Moriah. Um, and so there's so much to unpack and unfold when you think about like a 37-year-old who's climbing to the top of a mountain carrying the wood that he's going to be sacrificed on. And we know that from where Mount Moriah was to the understanding of where Calvary is, that that is probably the same place as well. And so here is a person in their 30s carrying the wood that they're going to be sacrificed on on Calvary very clearly showing parallels to Jesus's death um, that takes place and then we have the transfiguration and the conversation that happens between Elijah and Moses and Jesus was most likely a conversation about Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection right and he even says that um, you can't tell this to anyone until the son of man is risen from the dead well, it was probably clear to Jesus at that point what was revealed to him on that mountaintop was you're going to die. You're going to, to die on the cross, but you're going to come back. Mm -hmm. You will be raised from the dead. So, yeah, again, a, so much to unpack with these three readings, but that, I think that's the, the biggest place for me to, to start from. I think piggybacking, or I guess continuing off of that, um, talking about um, them not sharing that information with anyone and like what was revealed to them during that time and kind of how just overwhelming that may have been and um, to be able to process that information 
and often when you receive that type of news you you just want to be able to process with somebody and just be, talk through it and figure out what's going on I mean it was like no don't share this with anyone um and I'm sure the desire to just stay up on the mountain and how many times in our lives when something's revealed to us that we want to just stay there and it's like nope I'm good I'm just gonna stay right here I'm comfortable I'm content um I'm good um but they couldn't just you know couldn't just stay there um they had to come down from the mountain and then not talk about it but to be faithful and to continue following Jesus um without revealing what had been said to them um and how do we kind of apply that to our own lives of um, continuing to be faithful and maybe we know another piece of the story of whatever it may be in our own life but we just have to to trust and, and allow it to play out yeah and I think something that something in this gospel that has kind of always stuck out with me is those last two lines and like you were saying they kept the matter to themselves but questioning what rising from the dead meant which I always thought was kind of a funny line but at the same time as kind of always reminded me of the importance of being allowed to question like aspect different aspects of the face and being allowed to have questions and I think so often we confuse questioning for doubting where you know you can't have so much growth without allowing yourself to have these questions and I think that they show that pretty specifically of you know they were faithful enough to keep this themselves but they were also able to process and ponder things as much as they needed to to be able to again process yeah <laughs> what they had just experienced I think you're very right that people we very much confuse questioning with doubt um, and I remember gosh it's probably been close to 10 years now that a parent came to my office and was like man I'm really concerned like my kid just keeps asking you so many questions and like they're just not and I was like wait, hold on, I'm confused. They're asking questions? And they're like, yeah, they just keep, like, pursuing and they want to know more and they just keep questioning what's, you know. And I was like, so they're wanting to learn? They're like, yeah. I said, okay, cool. Doesn't mean they're doubting it. I was like, the day I'd be concerned is the day they stop asking questions because then they don't care anymore, you know. Um, and so I think there's very much that that confusion and that it's a, it's a doubting versus... Uh, a desire to learn. Yeah, and I think we people bring that up when we talk about um, not any of these readings, but the Annunciation, where Mary um, Mary asks the angel, like, how how is this going to happen? Thinking like, does, is she second guessing? Is she no? no she, she's just asking a question. She genuinely doesn't know, and she wants to know. So it's kind of like you said. There's there's always a level in which holiness involves doing that. Um, but then, like you also said being willing to once you have that information just go ahead and do it without doubting that God has your best interest at heart that's what Abraham's really showing in that first reading is that you know whether maybe he had a conversation with God about how this was going to work or what but as soon as he knew that this was what God was wanting him to do asking him to do he just did it um, and I think that um, this one of the reasons that um, like you're saying Paul just how I can't even you know, step into your head and feel what you're saying, but like how difficult this request is. Um, the, one of the reasons that this is such a significant moment in why you know Abraham is called the father of faith is that 
is that God was the only one who, who knew what kind of sacrifice he was asking him to give. Um, and then coming back around and seeing that God is at least that faithful to us, um, but of course more because he is God. Um, as we come back around to the cross and the passion, and Jesus potentially even transfiguration, when he's hearing about this or he's getting, getting those kind of specific answers about what's going to happen, um, it's just... It's just one thing that I think we can never quite get to the bottom of, of how ridiculous, I don't want to say ridiculous, how, how immense is that love that God has for us, um, that he'd be willing to do that when he didn't even have to um, in order to love us and show us how much he loves us. Yeah, it, it's... Um Also, God, I think, wanting to understand what he was about to do. You know, he can see in Abraham the pain in Abraham and the, the angst in Abraham. And, and you know, it's, it's believed that the reason why uh, Sarah dies is because she knows what's happening on this trip. Like, she knows why Abraham and Isaac have left. And, and who knows, again, how long they were gone. Uh, you know, some say that this journey took multiple years. Um, but that she knew what it was that was going to happen, and she, it it destroyed her um, so much so that she she lost her life. And Abraham stays faithful that entire time, and I think God sees that, and witnesses that, and He understands the pain, and still willingly sends His Son to the earth to die for mankind. Um, I will say one other one other thing that that stood out to me with these readings. Um, <laughs> I don't remember every homily I've ever heard, right? Uh, Father Father Tony once gave a homily where he talked about uh, a man who said, I don't remember every homily I ever heard the same way I don't remember every meal my wife has ever cooked. But what I do know is that because of the hearing those homilies, my soul was spiritually fed the same way that I don't remember every meal my wife ever cooked, but I know that it kept me alive and nourished and felt good. Um, so I don't remember every homily, but one that I do remember was Father Paul, uh, three years ago, gave a homily on this reading, and he gave his entire homily on the line, this is my beloved son, listen to him. How important that message is that those men heard that day, and how important that message is in our lives today. We are so distracted by the voices that are around us, constantly by everything that's going on, right? Like how, how much we heard uh, just in this last week of the devastation that happened here and whose fault it was, which energy company, which gas company, which phone company, which internet company, whoever, right? It's, it was this person's fault or it was that person's fault or it was this or it was that, it was this. At what point in time do you just fall to your knees and pray? Now, you can't just say that I prayed for electricity and it didn't come back on, so God wasn't listening. That's not the same thing. You know, are you listening to what God is doing in your life? How many, how many of us took the time to just be still and listen to what God has to say? And it doesn't matter if it was in the chaos of what was happening this last week or in the chaos of your work day today. How many times today did you just stop to listen to him? You know, and... and that homily stood out so strongly for me because 
I'm so easily distracted by the thoughts in my head because there's always something going on. There's always another thing that needs to be done or another child that needs something or something I've got to help my wife with or something I need to do around the house or something that has to happen here at the church or whatever it is. There's always something to where I'm not just sitting there and recognizing this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Just sit down. Shut up. Listen. Um, and even remembering that homily so clearly it is still something I struggle with but yeah to just listen and and also that if we do just sit down and listen maybe it's easier for us to recognize what uh, St. Paul says uh, in Romans um, if God is for us who can be against us you know we all felt like there was somebody against us last week when we lost power or we lost water or whatever but and I said that even to you guys when we were going through everything that was going on. Like, clearly something is working against me. But it doesn't matter what's working against me because God is working for me. And that's, that's bigger than any problem I could possibly have. Thank you guys for joining us again. If uh, you have any insights into the readings that we may have missed, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at youthministry@allsaintsdallas.org, uh, And we hope that you like, share, uh, do all the social media fun things that you need to do to continue to support us. Subscribe to the podcast and you'll get it in your mailbox at your address. Just kidding. Andrew, <laughs> cut that part out. Thanks. I mean, it's not. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it in your email box? Yeah. <laughs> at, at your, your email, email address. address. <laughs> in your e. One, one of us is old. <laughs> <laughs> no, we said pigeons. That's true. We'll send a pigeon, a carrier pigeon. It'll come to your window on the second floor. It will sing the podcast to you. It will sing you the podcast. (laughs) This is the day the Lord has made. Hopefully it's a better singing pigeon than my voice. Or you're all in trouble. (laughs) Bye, guys.